Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the podcast without a slogan. Please do get in touch with us if you can think of something witty to replace uh, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It is probably the most exciting day of the year. Scotland squad announcement before the Six Nations. And to break it all down for you guys, I'm with Matt. How are you, pal? Very well. As you said, it's the most exciting weekend of the year. Without a shadow of the doubt. And thanks for hosting us at your flat today. Glass of, glass of red wine Pleasure. before the pod. Lovely. Yeah, it's in a kind of a tumbler rather than a fancy wine glass, but I quite like that. Sometimes. Yes, because you're a man of the people. And speaking of which, there he is, Alan Little. How are you, mate? Great to be here. Nothing pairs better with a red wine than a Mars bar ice cream. It is that the, was a great addition to the That's the <laughs> ultimate, the ultimate combo. Um, so if you do have a good um, suggestion for our new slogan, please do get in touch with us. That is on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Why not slide into those DMs at Instagram, thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, or on the emails, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Also, you can get onto iTunes, Acast, wherever you are. Subscribe, you'll get us every single week talking about Scottish rugby. And you can leave us a review, five stars if possible. How about this one from Keensum Scott? Excellent listen, enjoy the podcast, especially the swing between rampant optimism and woe. Um, that all Scotland fans go through. Also done the rivalry with the other pot. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I really can't speak today. Anyway, we got a five-star review. That was nice. <laughs> Let's, come on. You, people know they can do that. It's fine. But thank you very much for taking the time to do it. And I'm sorry I didn't uh, do it justice. So we're going to kick off with some news. Then we've got a couple of um, big-name guests to help us preview the Scotland-Italy game world-class Phil Godman is with us, talking us through um, his games against Italy, the highs and the lows of playing for Scotland against Italy. And then uh, Italy assistant coach Mike Catt joins us quite briefly, but he is on the pod. World Cup winning Mike Catt. Our first World Cup winner on the pod, actually. Yes, I mean, it's... 
It's rare when you have a Scottish rugby podcast, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's played in two World Cup finals. That is true. Yeah, that's true. So eighty percent winning record against Scotland in his yeah. playing career. I bet a lot of England players of his generation have a pretty <laughs> good winning record against Scotland. So before we get into all of that, let's go. There's actually been loads of news in uh, Scottish rugby this week, so let's start. Alex Dunbar, quite sad news after nine years at Glasgow. He is off to Newcastle Falcons on loan until the end of the season. And the way that it's been announced, it seems that that is the end of his Glasgow Warrior careers. Guys, how did you feel about that one? I think the writing was on the wall slightly um, with him not being picked recently, not being picked in the Scotland squad as well. He seems to have sort of fallen out of favour with Dave Rennie. Um, so you think he's sort of run down his contract. The Newcastle loan move seems quite out of the blue, but maybe he's sort of been told or said, you know, I need to play some games, put myself in the shop window and get a contract to France or something. I guess with him being taken out of the Scotland squad and Snafford McDowell being brought in, it almost feels like he's almost fighting for that third, you know, he's, he's almost third, fourth in the pecking order for being inside centre at Glasgow behind Horn and Johnson. And, you know, I imagine he still harbours quite a lot of hopes of being in that World Cup squad, so makes complete sense yeah definitely to, to get out to get away from glasgow to be fair absolutely so we will watch that with keen interest his move down to kingston park um somebody coming the other way though young second row andrew davidson has joined glasgow after previously coming up on loan earlier in this season he seems like a top prospect doesn't he matt yeah i, I think so he was sort of involved with um you know scotland age group set up in glasgow as well and then i don't know what happened but didn't get a pro contract moved to Newcastle uh, I'm not sure how many games he's had for the sort of the full team but seems to have done pretty well and he always looked like a really class player on the 20s in particular um, and it just sort of adds to the second row stocks at Glasgow and a young Scottish guy so it's good good news absolutely Alan anything to add as you rapidly type away on your computer no, that was a very great summation. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> I will come to you for this one then, Alan. Rory Sutherland signs a new two-year deal at Edinburgh. You're loving that. I can see you're loving that. It's, it's the deal I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's the one everyone's been waiting for, They are of the deal. Um, <laughs> I mean, with Dell going, kind of makes sense to kind of firm that up. He's looked decent when he's, uh, when he's got time. And then I get. So, yeah, look, I, I don't think he's, he's definitely not a starter, for Edinburgh, but he's definitely not someone that you are gutted about starting. He's a number one, right? So is that the other side from Dell? No, that no, is the Dell. Dell yeah. is one. No, that oh, is right. no, I thought So I... he's the same side. Yeah, so I, I think that's that a loose actually, head prop. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just making sure. So he's behind the Schumann. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Schumann number one, and then having yeah. Sutherland there ready to sort of step in is a pretty strong replacement. Absolutely. Cantering on through the news, James Lang re-signed at Quinn's for an undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> Three-month extension. <laughs> yeah. It's quite strange that they've not disclosed that. I've never actually seen that before. Yeah, it's odd. I was quite surprised that he resigned, actually, because it seems that Guster's doing a sort of a bit of a clear-out in Quinn's, and he's not played that much this season. Yeah. He's quite an easy guy to sort of offload to Scotland, but I think there's been enough centres that Can't imagine it's okay. He's a massive dent in the wage bill. Yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Absolutely. So we will keep an eye on that one. Roddy Grant um, has confirmed, we talked about it last week, confirmed his move to Ulster. I don't know if you guys saw it, but 
The press release announcing it from Edinburgh was about two lines long and didn't even wish him well. So it doesn't <laughs> sound it's been like it's been a particularly um, fruitful divorce. Um, but yeah, Roddy Grant's gone. Stevie Laurie yet to be announced as his replacement, but that's what everyone's expecting. Yeah, I think so. Um, a fair place, Roddy Grant. I think. I, I think. I suppose the the sort of the reason the SRU or whoever is upset is that they've sort of fast-tracked him through, I think, and maybe they feel yeah. that him moving to Ulster is a bit of a kick in the teeth. But, you know, I, I think it's quite good to open up spaces for someone like Steve Lloyd to come in and these sort of Prem 1, Super 6 guys to prove themselves. Trojan horse, Mark three Didn't work at <laughs> Newcastle, didn't work at Worcester. <laughs> We're going for Ulster now. Just going to go for the third. It's going to be the third Pro 14 team. I'm so, so excited. So exciting. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah, and moving on to the sevens. Um, very successful weekend for Scotland in Hamilton, New Zealand. Getting to the quarterfinals to be knocked out by the USA, but then beating Australia and Samoa on their way to an overall fifth-placed finish friend of the pod Robbie Ferguson with nine tries during the Th- tournament I think it was eight tries nine tries during <laughs> the tournament no but I guess it shows that because it was a bit surprising after only really like one season at the sevens that he was made co-captain but you know it's kind of just carrying on that form and probably one of the standout players in Hamilton um but yeah, no, it was great. I mean, obviously, time difference makes it a pretty tough tournament. You, you were plugging you away. Were definitely on, up. There. You were plugging away on Twitter That's like one right in the morning. Right in your wheelhouse, you? one a.m. kind of rogue watch in the dark. I'd had a bottle of wine, and the g- Ashley was like, "Can we go to bed?" And I was like, "You're staying up and watching." Did <laughs> <laughs> she actually stay up? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well done, mate. So a great start to the Sevens campaign for 2019. Um, we'll hopefully get one of the Sevens guys on after their next tournament, which I think is Sydney this weekend. Mm. Yes. Um, so look forward to that. You will remember last week we talked about the QC getting involved in a review for Scottish Rugby um, on the league structure with the Super 6 coming in. Um, and we made some jokes suggesting that QCs are quite expensive. <laughs> and um, this is why we have an email inbox. So, Gavin McCall QC. Um, hi, guys. Always enjoy the pod. Just on the point of clarification in relation to this week's um, episode, neither I nor any other member of the Standing Committee on Governance have been paid for the work we have been doing. I have carried this out simply because... To borrow your phrase, I care about Scottish rugby. Keep up the good work, Gavin McCall, QC, independent chairman of the SRU Standing Committee on Governance. What a wonderfully well-articulated response. Oh, poetic. (laughs) I was on the train when I got that, and I was like, fuck, why is there a QC emailing me? (laughs) You You did leave out the bit that threatens libel. Yeah, proceedings. But, well, I think you know. what we should do is build a lot of relationships with QCs because those libel suits are coming. Yeah, we exactly. know that they're going to come one day. Oh yeah, and we need Scottish rugby fans uh, QCs on side that can <laughs> represent us. Um, so thank you, Gavin. We're very, very happy to make that um, clarification. And I believe his review, which um, he was working on, actually came out this week. But it was sort of hidden underneath all of the Six Nations hype. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had a quick look at it today. It's a 32-page PDF, um, and I, I couldn't bother reading the whole thing, but I scrolled through, and some of the responses were actually quite interesting. So some clubs were voting that they should be able to pay players over £20,000 each a year. Really? Yeah. This is all, you know, like below professional rugby. Interesting. And some of the budgets for clubs were, I think, 
five or six clubs voted to have budgets annually of over a hundred thousand pounds. Ooh, I was like, really? Good. That might be a super six budget, but so there you have it, um, Gavin. Very, very happy to make that clarification. And any other QCs that are listening to the pod out there, please do get in touch. We're we're collecting them now, so thank you very much for that. Um, I really don't want to talk about the pro games. Are you guys okay about that? I mean, I watched around about 60% of the games as a collective. Yeah. And they were both pretty terrible. Mm. Glasgow, due to mainly weather, to be fair. The, the play wasn't great, but the weather was pretty heinous. And obviously Edinburgh being eight points ahead with five minutes to go and losing to the Kings. Yeah, that was class. That was I, I was the, it was the first day I'd taken out my Premier Sports subscription. You've been stealing well. my subscription. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, no, come on. Now's the time. Nice, spend a nice little Saturday afternoon watching Edinburgh get a comfortable win against the Kings. <laughs> it was literally so bad. I remember you were texting. quite funny. You were texting, you were in the WhatsApp group being like, this is like watching a schoolboy game, no, but, it really, like, but like a bad schoolboy like game. People, both teams were awful, like couldn't do two-on-one passes, dropping balls off kickoffs. Uh, the ref was genuinely a joke. Like, For, but both teams were, yeah, no, no, were horrendous. It, like really, really bad. Yeah. There was a point where... Neither team deserved to win, genuinely. I know you had issues with the commentators. Let's not go down that road. You were getting really upset about the Irish commentators. I, I, maybe I need to more to adjust more to Premier Sports. I was worried. I did about, not understand. I was worried about you. The you were getting time, really upset. The whole time, all he ever said was, "That's poor. That's not. That's not analysis." <laughs> to be fair, though, that is an accurate description of what was happening uh, I, on the I, screen. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. To be fair, shall we leave the pro games where they deserve to it, be? Exactly. I think there is a good win for Glasgow in terms of just, you know, after all, essentially quite a lot of losses over the sort of Christmas yeah, period, yeah. it was like good to get that, especially because it was against Ospreys who are third in their group. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously Edinburgh. It shows like, it shows like grit and character from a second yes. team, you know. 100%. Classic unbeaten Brandon. <laughs> that guy cannot lose games for Glasgow. Brandon, he can't. He is literally I'm unbeatable. loving unbeaten Brandon. And then Edinburgh obviously dropped down one place to third behind Treviso. Well, it would have been a bigger gap if Ulster and Treviso hadn't drawn. I know. I can't believe Treviso are second in that group. Good for them. Talk about it later. Maybe Italy are quite good. (laughs) And, well, that's a very nice segue, Alan. Well, I've got one little thing. You're going to do some advertising? I'm going to do... It's it's like nice advertising. It's nice advertising. Please go ahead. No. So, obviously... For, uh, after years of frustration, as the SOU counterintuitively have made a massive stand against card machines. Yeah, they hate card machines. Friend, friends of ours who obviously run the Steve Sims Cavaliers charity uh, have joined up with Malone's Pub of Edinburgh, who are launching a pop-up bar for the Six Nations on Kostorfen Road, so right opposite, the, right opposite the stadium. And yeah, there's going to be... It's like a rugby village, live music, some food, some beers, lots and lots of card machines. You're not going to yeah. be able to move for card machines. <laughs> I mean, just so many IZLs, you won't be, <laughs> you literally won't believe. And yeah, so look, you know, and a percentage of the money is going to go to the charity that we sort of set set up in 2012 after one yeah. of our good friends passed away. And it's, uh, it's now working to sort of highlight the implications of concussion in Scottish rugby. So mm. look, it's open Friday, Saturday this week Great. it's going to be open every weekend during the Six Nations 
So make sure you get down, have a few beers. So that's just, just along, just along from the Rosebud shops. Yes. Um, just for you to go left to the stadium. It's the perfect spot to hit up as you walk to Murrayfield. Yeah, definitely. Pop in for maybe like two to three swift pints. Maybe get a couple of nachos. I don't know. I don't know what you want. <laughs> the perfect venue. You can get it, and yeah. you can pay seamlessly and contactlessly <laughs> with your card. Wonderful. Um, that is Malone's. Should I do Clubland? Quickly? Yes, I didn't actually have it in the running order, but um, please, because you know, Chris Patterson does it so well on the official Scottish <laughs> Rugby podcast. He's it from us. How do you feel going up against um, Mossy? I mean, he's a legend, isn't he? He is I a legend. He's got quite a nice voice as well. So, but go on, do your best, Chris Patterson. I try. I'm not doing impersonations. So, um, <laughs> another another good round of fixtures in the tennis Scottish Premiership. Uh, Curry once again having an absolute blinder of a season uh, against the fact they have not been awarded a Super Six franchise, beating Melrose at the Green Yards 31-10. I was gonna say the great thing is that Thomas Gordon guy made his debut yes, for amazing. Glasgow yeah. on the Friday night, and then went down to Bloody Melrose to yeah. help Curry win the game. Unbelievable, fair play to the lad. Um, Aki's back on it, being <laughs> beating the Sony <laughs> yeah. bums at home, nineteen fourteen. I, I think that means that Sonians now can't get into the um, the top four. Yeah, they're they're out of the playoffs now yeah. because they lost the Aki's. The top four decided it's just sort of the placement who plays at home. That's bullshit. Unlucky. Uh, <laughs> Harriet's um, beating Barnamere 35-14. County beating Hoyt 25-12 in the rain. And Air beating Glasgow Hawks 36-10, which I think, to be fair, was a bit closer than it looks. And uh, Paddy Dewhurst, who's playing fullback for the Club 15 on Saturday, scoring a pretty stunning hat-trick, actually, in that match. And it sounds as if he might be lined up to get a Glasgow full contract soon. And just to be a bit, the Club 15's on Friday night. No, it's been postponed. Yeah, they've moved it to Netherdale, haven't they? Because Myerside is um, well, frozen. Myerside's frozen. That does make sense because the SRU put up a picture of it and it said Friday at 3.30pm. Yeah, they've made a mistake. So I'm assuming that it's Saturday at 3.30pm. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the other bit of news day off. coming, <laughs> coming yeah. from Clubland is uh, Scott Bickerstaff of Mar made his 200th appearance at the weekend. And can we guess how many tries he scored in those 200 matches? He plays centre slash wing. 302. That's just nonsense. (laughs) 172. So what, that's one every game and a half? Yeah. That's amazing. Actually, not even. like Game in a little bit. Incredible. I mean... To be fair, him in a seven. <laughs> Mar, Mar have come up from like a fairly low level, so I think in some of the leagues, and they were too good for those leagues. He was yeah. like scoring five tries a match, but uh, yeah, right. start give a wee shout out to that. Well done to him. Um, right, I think we worked it out. It's a try every ninety-three minutes. Ninety-three minutes. Thank you very much. Um, so there you go. Thank. Thank you very much for that, Matt. Great visit to Clubland. We'll do a poll on Twitter later who you prefer for your club news, Chris Patterson and Matt Haney. Um, look forward to the results of that. But enough, enough mucking around in the news and in the uh, the club game. Let's get straight in to the biggest um, news of the day and look ahead to the weekend. How exciting. Gregor Townsend's named his 23-man team to play uh, Italy on Saturday, that is Alan Dow, Stuart McNally, and Willem Nell in the front row. 
packing down in the boiler house and completing an Edinburgh front five, Ben Toulis and Grant Gilchrist. Sam Skinner at six, Jamie Ritchie at seven and Ryan Wilson at eight. And then into the backs, Captain Greg Laidlaw at scrum half, Finn Russell at 10, centre debutante Sam Johnson partnering Hugh Jones. And in the back three, Blair Kinghorn on one wing, Tommy Seymour on the other and vice-captain Stuart Hogg at 15. Lads, give me your top lines on that squad. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy. I mean, with the players that were available, I'm pretty happy with the team. You know, I, I think Horn, Johnson, I wouldn't have minded kind of either way. Mm. I know Gray's injured, but at the end of the day, I think him and Tulis is a bit of a flip, to be honest. I think they both offered different things. Yeah, and uh, Pete Horn injured as well. And is, George Horn. Oh, was Pete Horn injured? Yes. Oh, so both the horns. Interesting oh. injury. There are five people currently out with shoulder injuries and all of them play for Glasgow Warriors. So I don't know what the hell they've been doing Too much at, um, at Scottsdale. Um, let me just get up the list here. It is... So injuries. And these are the ones listed on the SRU press release. So it's sort of the ones that indicate yeah, would have been might have been involved if Tooney, um, if they had been. So Johnny Gray, shoulder. George Horn, shoulder. Pete Horn, shoulder. Lee Jones, knee, Sean Maitland, hamstring, Grant Stewart, shoulder. There's a little bit of insight into where Tooney's head is. Because obviously Jake Kerr has been selected as the replacement hooker behind Rambo. Yes. Um, but that kind of suggests to me that in Tooney's mind, Grant Stewart's probably the number two. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't isn't completely ridiculous. He's uh, played the most pro games, I think, overall. Yeah. But I think, obviously, one of the big talking points is that debutante Sam Johnson getting his um, first game for Scotland at 12. Um, our partners, Scrum Magazine, were at the press conference today. Gavin Harper, the editor down there, picking up um, some of this great content from Tooney today. A few months in coming for Sam. He was going to be uh, in our squad in November and got injured the weekend before we came into camp. He's been in Scotland for over three years now, um, worked his way into the Glasgow team and then became one of the best players in the Glasgow team. Uh, his parents are flying over from Australia, so uh, he's looking forward to it. He's settled in Scotland, so he feels very much part of our I think you, you need a body of work behind you. You need to perform at the, the highest level, at club level, which has been Champions Cup. Two seasons ago, he played some excellent games for, for Glasgow in Champions Cup. Last season, I think he was voted the Players' Player of the Season. Uh, and has also played well this year when he's when he's had those opportunities. So Matt, what do you make of the choice of uh, Sam Johnson at 12? And obviously it's a shame that Pete Horn's injured, but I'm actually like marginally happier that Johnson's playing. I think that he can kind of mix up his styles. So he's obviously a good ball player, got good skills, but he's pretty physical, like hits some pretty nice lines. Yep. I think he'll be up for the fight against someone like Italy. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I don't know if him and Jones have actually played that much no. together for Glasgow. Not much but at I all. I mean, that's a function of Rennie, like switch, swapping his centres every week. Hugh Jones doesn't play for Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. He only plays for Scotland. <laughs> He's like a professional cricketer, only plays internationals. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't play, <laughs> doesn't play, doesn't play cup games. But I, I think... Um, He's the, exactly the kind of player that, that Townsend wants to have at 12 in that sort of Pete Horn playmaker mold. So I'm excited to see how he goes. Well, as he said in that clip, this is a long time coming. He was picked for sort of the autumn um, yeah. and he wants to be involved, but he's been injured for a long, long time. But 
as he says, he has played some very good stuff in Europe. And are you confident about it, or would you rather see Pete Horn in there? I think Pete Horn does give you an addition, an next level of like distribution. But I think with Hogg at fullback, and actually even King Horn, King Horn on the wing, you got two players there that got pretty sweet skip. Like they Hogg gets into the line at second receiver yeah, so often yeah. for Scotland. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting one with Johnson because he's not. He's not someone who kind of came over from, you know, Australia and immediately sort of blew everyone away at Glasgow. Well, I don't think he was a project player. I think he, he was. He was. Do you think he was? I'm sure he was signed. I don't think he was. Was he at the Reds or something? He was from Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of games with the Reds off the bench, I think. But I never feel like he sort of stormed on the scene. It feels like it's been a very sort of like gradual. Mm. Process where now he's become this really well-rounded player. And yeah, is, sure. And he hasn't actually played that many games this season, but every time he has played for Glasgow, he's been one of the standout players. Yeah, e- yeah. Even as you say, he's had an injury-plagued season, but he's come back off you know layoffs and looked really yeah. good. I think there's a, there's um if we recommend stuff to read, there's a very very good interview with him by Jamie Lyle on the BBC, which sort of looks back on his journey over from Australia into Scotland, particularly the first six months where I think he had a really, really difficult time settling in. So it's quite an interesting read. Mm. If you guys, we'll put it onto Twitter if you guys want to get onto that. Alan, you did touch on it. Um, you called him King Horn, not um, Blair Kinghorn. <laughs> but um, Gregor Townsend was also talking about him, uh, that selection um, instead of, well, in place of an injured Sean Maitland at today's press conference. Yes, but and Blair started in left wing in our last game and is against Argentina and has played really well for Edinburgh since that period. Sean, we always knew it was going to be fortunate if he came back um, to full fitness in time for this game. He got injured playing for Saracens against Lyon. He's been managed well and he's back up to almost 100% running, so he, he should be okay for next week. He's absolutely brimming with confidence, Blair Kinghorn. His uh, last 18 months have been pretty um, spotless for Edinburgh. And then obviously his debut was beating England in the Calcutta Cup last year. He's not going to fear coming and playing on the way against Italy, is he? No, absolutely not at all. I think there was a few people that were calling for Darcy Graham to start. I mean, form-wise, there is an argument to be made. There is an argument, but I do think we need to remember that he has still literally only played about seven games. Yeah. Of, um, of professional rugby and also he has only ever played right wing which mm. I know I know you can chop and change but I do think for someone that young um, and inexperienced actually is a massive is a massive impact so look I'm a big fan of Blair Kinghorn. I wanted him at inside centre, but you know, Tooney's not listening to I me. I wanted him, but, that, but that's <laughs> that's why they've only got two uh, backstops on the bench because they're like, wow, Kinghorn covers it, ten to fifteen, as you said. Hoggy exactly. covers got, ten to fifteen as well. Yeah, exactly. They've got three backstops. No, it's just um, it's Price, it's, Hastings, and Harris. No, Hastings isn't on the bench, mate. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, I made that up. <laughs> well, why did I think that then? Yeah, it's it's Price, Hastings, and Harris. So what, what teams got only we're cut us out. Anyway. <laughs> I don't we're not cutting us out. And that, we're that's ex- it. Expose you for being an idiot. <laughs> Exposing you is the joke that you are. What the hell? That is Keep winning quizzes. I was hundred percent convinced. Keep winning quizzes against me for thinking you're smart. Come on, come on, focus in. Yeah, sorry. The Kinghorn wing. Yes. Yeah. But you know, he played he's played against Ireland. So Exactly and did well. Scored a try. Scored a very nice try. And very tidy well. finish. Um, I think in that kind of game where you know you, you do Picture Italy putting up a lot of kicks. Like, 
having that just that height I it's think height. is quite I, important I, I think height is super important at that international level I think Darcy Graham for Edinburgh this season has been like in that Toulon match and Montpellier really solid on the high ball yeah. for his size but I, I do have a feeling that he could be exposed slightly um, but no I, I think King Hornet popping up in the centres and everything like in open plays is a real threat. You've got to hope that Scotland are going to, you know, keep it tight, try and batter Italy, win that physical battle, and then find the spaces out wide. And you look at that back line with like game breakers like Hugh Jones, Hoggy, Kinghorn, Seymour, Finn, Sam Johnson. Like that back line could absolutely bang if they get on the front foot. I've got one worry. Go on then. Of course you do. It's Finn. Oh, counterintuitive, Alan. Here we go. I just. Finn, and we've discussed this sort of briefly in one of the previous podcasts, Finn has spent, as we said, the last five months behind the best pack in the world. True. A pack that yeah. can literally bully, you're like, even even people like Clermont and, Tool, uh, and I don't know who else he played, but they absolutely steamrolled through Leicester. Yeah, correct. I mean, Russell, I actually think Russell has got worse in terms of his, like, <laughs> demeanour on the pitch. When he plays for Racing, he is like literally the most relaxed man of all time, more than he was at Glasgow. Yeah, and in that Racing setup, it's like perfect because they make literally ten one-off runs, make like twenty meters, and then he just like make, uh, yeah, does a crossfield cross kick to Zebo. I'm worried that that Scotland pack is lacking the grunt to allow Russell to play that game. But do you think that Townsend will have made him aware of that and also having Laidlaw there is quite important. If things aren't going that well, yeah. he'll take the pressure off him slightly. And if he starts to, you know, chip from his own twi- his own five... I mean, he's going to do... I think he's going to do that. I wouldn't want to piss off Greg Laidlaw. <laughs> That's the thing. Really? I don't, think, I don't think Finn cares though, does he? I think there's a lot <laughs> no, of evidence he's, he's that says case, isn't there's a lot of evidence that says that Finn doesn't care. <laughs> you mentioned the pack there though and lacking grunt. All Edinburgh front five. What do you guys make of keeping the sort of Toulouse and Gilchrist um, second row together? The Edinburgh front five. Do you think if Johnny Gray had been fit, would he be starting? I think yes, just because I think he's done. And I think it's a bit of it's a, it's a case of a similar case with Seymour. Yeah, definitely. He's done. He's he's played too well for too long in a Scotland shirt to not get that shirt. Yeah. And but look, as you said earlier, I think it's been, you know, objectively, if you look at the last two or three months, Tula's probably deserves it. I think mm. there's the the European rugby stats in particular. It's Rambo's got like the most. He's got the best um, lineout completion rate or whatever it is, and Tulis has got like the most lineout steals or disruptions in mm. the Champions Cup. And, you know, that is a pretty phenomenal sort of, like, combination to have for Scotland, particularly against Italy, where you just want to get your basics right. I think, like, that's the thing. Having a decent front five and matching Italy in that department is so important because, obviously, Scotland have the quality, you know, behind that pack that, that is superior to Italy. Absolutely. Well, that's the front five we're not too concerned about then. What about the back row? Skinner, Richie, and um, friend of the pod, Ryan Wilson, we debated an awful lot, and we put up a thing on uh, on Twitter where we we thought, and this was mainly driven by Alan. I'll let everyone in to the the behind the scenes that Jamie Ritchie should have been playing at eight. Alan, do you want to let us into thinking on that? It's sort of a seven forty five a.m. sort of WhatsApp 
got a little bit heated. <laughs> People were piling over the top. I think there was one vote for Strauss, one vote for Wilson, one vote for Ritchie. I think my logic was is that at one end of... If you look at number eight, at one end of the spectrum, you've got Strauss. And at the other end of the spectrum, you've probably got Ryan Wilson, who's not this like big destructive ball carrier, but he like disrupts and he's more like kind of gets around the pitch and slows down the ball, blah, blah, blah. And then... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Actually, in the middle, you probably have someone like Ash, who's on his day, can, is, can do both, and not on his day, does neither. Mm. And my logic was, if you're going to go for someone like Wilson... I don't. I think Richie is a similar player to Wilson. So if you strip out all the stuff about leadership and experience, if you if you're gonna go for Wilson and you're gonna go for that type of player, I don't see why you wouldn't just have Richie as your number eight. Yeah, well, I suppose you're sort of saying that we're not actually going to play an out and out eight. You're just trying to get your yes. your three best, like three best back rows, versatile back rows. Uh, absolutely, and Wilson isn't an out and out eight. So, no, no. And I think in terms of, if you want to have that sort of player at eight, I think Richie has been head and above Wilson. And I think p- putting Richie at eight allows you to put someone like Hardy in you, at seven. Yeah. Do, do you think that playing number eight requires a bit more experience and nous than playing six or seven? Because of controlling the scrum, for example, and maybe just leading it. Maybe that's a, a, the only example I can I think of, but... I mean, like, you got to just, like, keep a ball at your feet. Like, is it the, the hardest thing in the world? This is so good. Three backs <laughs> being like, listen, you just pick up the ball. Just, just control the ball at your feet, like, all right? Especially when you've got Greg at nine. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think your, your point on Richie and Wilson being quite similar and Richie playing better rugby is well made. It is not what's happened, though. But if So if you look at the makeup of that back row, do you think Skinner gives it that sort of, that quite a lot of heft because he's a sort of second row six yeah. that almost allows a couple more sort of lightweight seven and eights because he can take on a bit more of the heavy grunt work. Well, yeah, I think if you'd seen sort of Hardy in there instead, you'd get a bit worried. You'd think that they might get overpowered, but I've, I've seen nothing to think about Skinner that he that, that would happen to him. Um, and he's been playing bags of six down yeah, bags there of six. I mean, he, as well. I think he thinks of himself as a number eight as well, eventually. So... Hopefully we can see a bit of his carrying game as well. And I think also talking about the having slightly lightweight seven and eight or six and eight. So seven and eight. 
having McAnally at hooker actually makes a massive difference in that yeah. respect as well. He's great over the ball. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and, and he's he's a great ball carrier. I think the other thing, like, I would love to have Strauss at his best. Like that, that would be awesome. But Paris, two thousand and seventeen, yeah, Strauss, exa- exactly. Or even like yeah. you know that game he played against Fiji in the autumn, where he was pretty effective for, admittedly, ten minutes. I wonder if that's what but they think just, he's going to do when he comes off the bench. That's well, what he's yeah. going to offer on the bench. A tired Italy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hitting some tired shoulders on the outside. Well, we yeah. would say, I think all three of us wanted to pick Strauss. Yeah. But, you know... We, were, we talked ourselves out of it. From the game against South Africa and also from the very few sale games that I've watched, he has not been putting in the performances that probably make him deserve that shirt. No, not not at all. And yeah, absolutely. Let's finish up by having a quick look at the bench. Um, Jake Kerr, we've kind of touched on. We don't know a huge a lot about, uh, a huge amount about him, but he, I expect, is going to get his Scotland uh, debut on Saturday. Unless you think they'll put McAnally through eighty minutes. I think if it's close, they'll put McAnally through eighty. Yeah, if yeah, he's if it's close, it's, he's still standing. Bergen speaks for itself. Strauss, we've covered Jamie Batty. You know, we don't have that many loose heads, so yeah. <laughs> He has to go in there. Gary Graham's the interesting one, I think. As your um, guess, how many games Jake Kerr has played professionally? Ten. Bang on ten. <laughs> Does that count for the quiz later? <laughs> I'll give you a point for that. To be fair, I'm That's very fair. happy with that. You I st- mean, it's you not, start with one point. It's not a lot. I mean, it must be pretty That's touch and go between just, him and Grant no, Stewart, though. Grant Stewart, yes, maybe he's played three Champions Cup games, but he can't have played that many more on top of that. I reckon Grant Stewart's probably just had a little bit more. But you know what? You're you're playing ten games for Leicester. Guess how many games? Seventeen. Ten. Ten. <laughs> ten each. There you go. Ten. Well, according piece. to Wikipedia. So. I well, know. he's injured, so we don't need to worry about him too much. Gary Graham, what sort of impact do you think? He's been probably one of the most talked about people coming into the Scotland squad, for better or for worse. What do you actually think he can do when he comes on? I, I actually don't think he can do that much. <laughs> I think he will be aggressive, he will hit your rocks, and he'll make you tackles. Do you think if his dad wasn't a bit of a Scotland legend, there would be half the talk about him? No, there wouldn't be. But, hey, we love the chat, so it's good. <laughs> we do love the chat. Canting through the rest of it. Ali Price, chosen ahead of George Horn. George Horn was injured. Oh, sorry, of course, he's on the injured uh, list. <laughs> well then... Don't need to talk about that too much. Chris Harris and Adam Hastings rounding out that bench. All makes sense. Need a replacement 10, especially because Horn's not at 12. And then yeah. Chris Harris literally covers like yeah, a lot of positions. 13 to 15. Yeah. I've got an interesting question. So I was chatting to someone at work today and we were chatting about kind of like ranking the, the Six Nations teams. And I was sort of bigging up Scotland a little bit. And he said to me, how many of this Scotland 15 would get in Ireland starting 15? this weekend and I, I just my shout was McAnally Hogg and potentially Seymour or Kinghorn ahead of and ahead of Earls potentially an argument for Hugh Jones and Gilchrist but I think no, you're looking at, not getting, I think you're looking at max there. three yeah definitely yeah Connor Murray back yes Connor okay, Murray so not Laidlaw then <laughs> yeah um, I think Hogg clearly slots in ahead of Henshaw yeah absolutely and I think McAnally definitely slots in ahead of Rory Best, Best. yeah I think it's hard to make an argument for a lot of the other positions. Scrummaging-wise, Nell could probably stand up to the same sort of level as Furlong, but probably not around the park. No. 
they're d- yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. But do you know I, what I mean? I like, know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the scrummaging part o- of overall it. Overall, no, overall, furlong. Well, no, overall, furlong. But no, not, not far better. But, but better. it's an interesting one. We we look at that tight five, and I think com- on a, on a player for player basis, McAnally is the only one that's getting close or ahead of his player. You know, I mean that, or clearly that tight Tur- five. Turner's is, not that good. Turner is weirdly getting better though. Like Gilchrist. The- Gray would do well, just said, as good a job. I said I think Gil, I think there was an argument for Gilchrist and Hugh Jones, especially. But I think if you really looked at it objectively, you'd probably go with Toner and Ringrose. Um, but I don't think that type five would. They're obviously not as good, but they're not going to be bullied around by that Irish type five. Yes, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so no. It's, it was just a, it was just an interesting point because mm. the Six Nation. It's a good question. I, I completely agree. And we'll come on to talk about predictions at the end of the pod. But how about now? Why don't we get some expert analysis? Why don't we go inside the Italy camp and speak to World Cup winning assistant coach um, Mike Cat? Can't believe we've nailed got this interview. It's unreal. Here we go, Mike Cat. Sorry, I'm not able to take a call. If you could leave a message, I'd be as soon as possible. Thank you. Yeah, so that's um, my cat's um, voicemail. We were due to speak to my cat, um, and we wanted to put that in just to prove that we weren't lying to make ourselves sound good. Um, But Mike did not pick up his phone this evening. I'm sure he is um, preparing Italy to get smashed by Scotland at the weekend. So fair play. So we have to do our own analysis of Italy now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think... Do we try and name name the players? Mike Cat's just like new phone. Who this? <laughs> yeah, like, oh exactly. no! <laughs> so it's like the thistle of the call. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I can see why he's not picked up. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely like having like a night. Oh, I don't know if they're over in Edinburgh yet. They will be surely. Just having like a nice glass of red on like Lake Como. Just like the thistle pops up on his phone. Just <laughs> <laughs> like um, no. So we are very sorry that we've not been able to bring you Mike Cat after all the hype. Um, but what we have done is we have spoken um, with Scotland legend, world class Phil Godman. Here he is talking about his highs and lows against Italy. <laughs> Joined on the line by Phil Gobbin. Phil, how are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Uh, you're actually in exalted company now. You, you and Johnny Beatty are the only two people who have appeared twice on this podcast. How does that make oh. you feel? Yes, that's an order, order. Yeah. <laughs> you're obviously struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't I go that far. Um, so how's, uh, how's life at Dundee High? How's everything going there? Yeah, no, it's very good. Uh, we've finished now for about three and a half years and... Yeah, kind of came, went straight from Newcastle into uh, teaching, coaching, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's been great. Um, I've been quite lucky with the transition in terms of, you know, I'm in a, I suppose, a, a job where people are kind of similar mindset into sport and still involved in rugby. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And obviously it's been quite a successful season so far for the team, reaching the, was it the Under-16 Cup final. Um, how, how was that as, as a day for you guys and for, for the kids? Uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was obviously the first time since I've been here. They have been in finals before, but it's the first time since I've been here they got to the final. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was just great to see the, the effect it had on the school and the kind of wider community, kind of everyone got involved. Um, you know, younger kids went to the final, parents, uh, you know, friends, family connected to the school. So that was just great to see 
the impact, the positive impact rugby had in the school. And yeah, hopefully we can kind of take that forward as well. Um, so yeah, that was great. It was a really good day for the boys. And uh, yeah, though we got beat and it was, uh, it was a close game. And yeah, they'll have that memory for you know a long, long time. Good stuff. Um, obviously, the, the teams are out now for the Six Nations. Um, how, how excited are you for the tournament coming up? Yeah, no, I think it's yeah, it's going to be a fantastic tournament. Um, uh, you know, Scotland probably got, if you ask Gregor Townsend, you know, the first up early at home. It was the first time since 2000, I believe. And yeah, that, that's a, that would be for Gregor probably is, is perfect first game. Uh, touch wood, yeah, touch wood. Yeah. You know, two home games. <laughs> Italy and Ireland is you know, a great start. And as we say, the, the tournament's all about momentum. Um, but in saying that, this is probably the strongest. Obviously, Italy have struggled the last few years, but as far you know, as I can remember, this is the strongest Italy, um, sorry, uh, Ireland, Wales, England have been. So to have all those three playing so well, normally to have one of those dropping off. And obviously, France are still a bit of an unknown. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting, interesting tournament. Scotland could win three or four or they could easily lose three or four so yeah it's going to be an exciting tournament definitely and, and, and looking at the, the side that Townsend announced today were you surprised by any of the selections there? Uh, not really I mean I don't I don't want as much rugby um, as I used to um, <laughs> given I've got four kids so it's just yeah, kind of, of not it's quite hard to get hard to get the games and watch the TV but you know I, yeah, I think there's obviously a few injuries in the team um, but yeah, it was probably roughly the side you know you would have gone for. But it, it, from my point of view, good to see how Sam Johnson goes in the centre. Um, not seen much of him, but I've obviously heard a lot of good things about him. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be it's, it's still a strong side, and I think it shows kind of how far the team have come when you know you got that many injuries, but it's still kind of a, a strong team across the board. And are you confident they can do the job against the Italians? Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, and I think it's as I said, it's obviously no game is an easy game in the Six Nations. But yeah, Gregor will be happy. He's got Italy at home first up, and yeah, hopefully they can get a good win against Italy and then get momentum uh, going into Ireland game, which again is winnable. Although Ireland are playing very well, and you know, probably if one of the best, not the best team in the world, you know, Scotland do have the kind of armory to to beat them, and the way they play, um, you know, they, they can definitely cause them some trouble on attack and obviously you, you had some interesting encounters with Italy in your in your career uh, what what sort of memories stick out the most for you <laughs> sorry what's really interesting oh you know you can interpret that however you want <laughs> that's fine I've already I've already done an interview this week so I've not done an interview for years obviously and, uh, a journalist uh, called me up and said previewing the Italy game and I was like I know where this is going <laughs> uh, but but I was quite glad because I said to him as he said to you at the forty, he's like I'd, I'd watched the game and you only got a kick charge down you didn't throw the two intercepts and I said no I know <laughs> um, but yeah a kick, one kick charge down was bad enough but yeah I, I get the I get the the claim for the two intercepts as well but as I said to the journalist I didn't actually throw the two intercepts um, but no I, I think that was a a good example of yeah, when Italy get their tails up, you know, obviously in that instance, a long time, a long time ago now. But yeah, in that instance, if you give them, you know, a foothold in the game, a couple of easy tries, whatever it is, you know, they'll get buoyed up by that, um, and yeah, they, they can stay in the game. So I think for Scotland at the weekend, it'll be to start well, 
not try chip from your post in the first minute and uh, yeah, get into the game and hopefully build a lead. And then like a lot of teams have done in past Six Nations games, you know, really last 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, put them to the sword. Um, but no, I, I do expect Italy to be stuffy. And yeah, especially that first half, you know, I'm not expecting Scotland to run away with it and I'll have to work hard for the win. And then, yeah, definitely. And, and doing a bit of research, it seems as if you, you had another match against Italy at Murrayfield where you actually beat them quite comfortably, 26-6. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of, not redemption, but yeah, it's a few years later. That was kind of what Italy's normally like, a stuffy game, but we won um, and won well. But yeah, I mean, Italy still have, you know, they still got Parise, they've got a couple of, you know, guys in the back line who have got a bit about them. So no, there'll be no walkover. And they'll know as well, you know, as we all know, they will target Scotland. You know, if they look at, you know, Scotland are, you know, playing very well on a strong team, but they'll mentally have Scotland, you know, as a, as, as a winnable game for them or certainly a game they can really challenge them. So so they'll come to Murrayfield, you know, really want to have a go. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I think Scotland will have enough to... Um, to win, and and who do you think sort of drew a big tournament from the Scottish side? In terms of individuals, yeah, yeah. Well, I think for I mean Gregor, I, I, I say Gregor. Everyone in Scotland were hoping for you know to beat Italy. When you got the home games, you know it's a good, especially Italy at home, Ireland at home, Wales at home. You would a good Six Nations is winning all those three, even with the level Ireland and Wales are playing at. Uh, Likewise, I think England at Twickenham's a stretch for them, but you know France away is certainly winnable. So you're thinking best case scenario they can win the four out of five. For them to do that, you would have to have your Stuart Hogs, you know Finn Russell's Hugh Jones all at their top of their game, yeah. um, and then in terms of the forwards, they just have to, you know, put a shift in and get parity, especially with the you know, likes of Ireland and Wales and. Um, France, who've got huge packs, who are going to be dominant. Scotland just need to get parity and get some quick ball to these guys. Because, yeah, if they get, if they get quick ball and, and they're on form, then, yeah, they can definitely cause teams problems. But, yeah. So, but, so yeah, in answer to the question, you know, you're Stuart Hall, Finn Russell, but it really depends on the forwards. If, if they can put a shift in, then that'll kind of determine how well we do in the Six Nations. Yeah, definitely. And are you heading along to the match on Saturday, or, or where will you be watching it from? No, I'm not going to the Italy game, but yeah, I'm going to the Ireland game. So yeah, I, I'm quite excited to be going along. I went to South Africa mm. game in the autumn. That's the first game I've been to for years. And yeah, it was obviously a, a close game, and um, it was a full house. And yeah, obviously the atmosphere. Murrayfield's great now, so and, and full houses. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go on to the first uh, Six Nations game and. Yeah, I think I want to be a cracking game. Yeah, I can't wait. And maybe just finishing up with, what's your prediction for the result this weekend? I would. My prediction would be Scotland thirty, uh, Italy fifteen. I like the sound of that. Take that for the first game yeah. of the tournament. Yeah, take that. Solid, solid <laughs> stock. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Well, thanks very much again, Phil. Really appreciate talking to you, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything up at Dundee High. No worries, appreciate So there you go, he might not have won a World Cup, but he is one of the only two people that's come on the thistle twice. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for that, Phil. That's true. And to be fair, 
I generally this morning was looking at that 07 Scotland Italy game and I had it in my head that Godman had given away all three of those tries. Yeah, it's not fair. And it is not fair. It was. It is fake news. Yeah, it is. Memories are fallible. I know. (laughs) I was looking for a photo of him uh, earlier today to do the tweet to announce that we had Phil Godman and you type in Phil Godman plus Italy and there's honestly about a hundred photos of him getting charged down. It's absolutely brutal. Kit as well, wasn't it? It was like the white kit with the yellow arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, pretty awful. But I thought it was interesting him saying, "Well, you know, at least this time you've not got a standoff that's going to get charged down his own 22." And I thought. Finn Russell is starting at 10. <laughs> That's almost exactly the sort of person we've <laughs> at got. At the weekend. So. <laughs> uh. But it was great. Uh, and thank you very much, Phil, for coming in. Great to hear about how things are going at Dundee for him as well. So before we get into the predictions, after the success of last week's YouGov quiz, Alan, do you want to take us into the Six Nations with a beauty? Let's do it. I mean... It's so a quick quiz. No YouGov correlations this week. It's a shame. Purely, a great shame. Purely focused on the Six Nations. Let's do it. So I'm going to kick it off with a quick one. So there's been 19 Six Nations. So this is the 20th Six Nations. Mm. Wow. Cheers to that. 2019. In the, nine, in the last 19 Six Nations, how many, and you answer it, we'll, we'll go question, answer, question, answer. Okay, yeah. Of the, of the last 19 Six Nations, how many times have Scotland won their opening game? Um, I think I know this because they talked about it an awful lot. Well, Dave, you're up first. Last year. Um, I think once. I say twice. Twice is correct. Uh, Can you name me the two occasions? And we'll start with you, Dave. No. Matt, <laughs> I'll start with you. Didn't they beat Ireland two years ago? They did. Oh, of course they did, yeah. And Wales one year. Do you know what the other one is? No, it's France. It is France. The Double from Sean Lemon. Yeah. The Double from Sean yeah. Lemon. Oh, what a legend and friend of the pod. Anyone got the year? 2005? yeah. It was 2006. Oh, okay. And, well, yeah. We beat England that year as well, didn't we? But, uh, yes. 2016. 2000, yeah, in 2006. The reason I remember that Scotland-France game was because at halftime I went to get McDonald's and came back with a broken ankle. And that was the end of your... My rugby career. Yeah, exactly. It ended on that day. rugby career. Yeah. That so, was the end of your Scotland under-18s collar. Yeah, I know. Uh, brutal. Well... Good start. Is that is that the end of the quiz? No, we've um, so over the last nineteen um, Six Nations, can you name how many times have we beaten Italy? I mean, I'm just gonna guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, just chuck it out. I'm obviously just gonna guess. Twelve. Say eleven. Twelve is correct. What am I? Can I name them? Absolutely not. <laughs> and then of France, England, Ireland, Although Wales. I, w- I will say one of my favourite Italy, Scotland, Italy memories is the Duncan Weir drop goal. That in the last good. minute to to win that. No, there, it was there was actually a genuinely amazing one of my like proper amazing Scottish rugby moments. I remember that. I'll tell you something that's really depressing is going back through nineteen Six Nations and seeing all the games that we've lost to Italy, like multiple years <laughs> of just real desperation. <laughs> Dear, it's, I really don't want it's, to. It's, 
is why I am the man I am today. Haggard. <laughs> 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 of the four other teams, which team have we lost to the most? Lost to the most? Oh, that's a quite a good question. I'm going to go with Wales. I'm going to go with France. France is correct. <sighs> we have lost to France. We never beat France. We never. 16 out of the 19. 16 out of 19. And we've not, have we beaten what? them away? We've beaten them away once in we that 19. Never beaten away. Nations. Never beaten them away. 06, 2016, and 2018. Bloody hell. Yeah. Was the last time we won in France the Tunis flag? I. I it, is, yeah. it must be. Yeah, I think so. Bloody hell. Hopefully we can break that this year, at least. And we won't go through it all, but interestingly, we have beaten England, Ireland, Wales all four times. God, we there's have... still terrible stats out of 19. Yeah, though. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, one draw against England and one draw against Wales. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. So It's amazing we've got this far. <laughs> we're stuck at it. Why are we still doing this? And then, interestingly... Between France, England, Ireland, and Wales, you've got 56 games, which, let me, let me work out the mass, you've got 28 away games, and we've won two. Yeah, oh, I knew that. Good God. One against Ireland, obviously 2010, and one against oh, Wales. Oh, that was a banger. One against Wales in 2002. Never won England, never won in France. I'm sure, cumulatively, I don't think we're that bad. <laughs> Every year, I don't think we're that bad, but <laughs> really, are, when you the, see the, the stats yeah, lining up... <laughs> the stats suggest otherwise. We're real bad. Wow, we've been bad for a long time. I think there's that real kind of like bulk period, almost sort of between 03 and 2010, or 2011. We had nothing. Where we really had nothing, apart from the odd home win against England. Weird. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I didn't yeah. put England think, earlier, because I was like, we do get random... Yeah, I think in those times, we had a pack that could just about hold on. Yeah. But we had absolutely yeah. nothing behind the scrum. No, and, and that's the whole thing is when you look at the the wins against actually the France is a bit of an anomaly with Sean Maitland sort of sorry, Sean oh, Lamont. Yeah, yeah, got a couple yeah, of yeah, when yeah. you look at the wins against England in 06 and 08, it's obviously all it's just kicks. It's all kicks. Yeah. Um Right, what's the next yeah. question? Is that us? That's it. Oh, sorry. Oh that's quite a nice quick quiz. I tried to keep it marginally tight because of I thought Mike Cat was on, so... <laughs> he yeah. was, he was. We'd build a whole hour of Cat, and it's really kind to it. It's a real shame. But thank you very much for that, Alan. As always, very, very enjoyable quiz. Let's finish it off then, lads. Bit of predictions. Matt, I'm coming to you first. Come on. You've got to be positive about this one, don't you? I'm positive, but I, I'm not sure it'll be as comfortable as everyone is predicting. So... I think it's going to be tight. I think Italy are going to... You know, I haven't really talked about Italy that much, but I think they're coming off, like, two pretty good seasons for the pro teams. Um, well, Benetton doing extremely well. Yeah, exactly. Got got a few, like, Pledri injured is a big one, but they've still got a pretty good pack, um, decent enough backs. But I think Scotland will win by 15 points. Lovely. Say 25, 27-12. Alan... Come on, bring us down. Big Italy bonus point win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, it feel, there is a lot. I feel like there's a, in my head there's a lot pointing towards an Italy win. There's sort of this optimism about Scottish rugby, whilst at the same time there's a lot of Scottish injuries and we're never particularly good at the blocks. As well, maybe that's a bit harsh, but 
it's I, I genuinely believe that the Scotland team is just too good for that Italy team. But I think it's actually going to be quite high scoring. Um, yeah. I think actually the Italy backline isn't too bad, especially the Treviso, because they've got well, heavily Treviso, basically, a pl- plus Campagnaro. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to have over 50 points total and scotland are going to win by plus 10 is that alan's best bet for the week that is alan's tip <laughs> sure thing of the week that's alan's sure thing oh. over 50 points total in the scotland win yes Interesting. Like, i'm loving that um esposito to be first try scorer what odds you got on that absolutely no idea I'm sure. So, I'm sure if you go to a betting provider they will tell you yes thank you very much i um i don't know Scotland win ten points. I think it's going to be pretty comfortable. I think that I think we'll just we'll, we're just better than them. I'm I'm not prepared to go into the Six Nations being super uh, negative. <laughs> we have to. Surely we have to start at home against Italy with a decent win, and then really ramp up the Graham Love hype train for Ireland the following week. Yeah, that'd be good for the crushing defeat. Um, and we will be back. We will be back next week. Matt is away to an anime conference in Kenya next week, so it will just be Alan and I, but we will be here to talk you through the game that was at Murrayfield this weekend. Thank you very much. Come on, Scotland. Go on, the boys. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.